Hi, I'm Shelley Cameron, CEO of the City of Philadelphia's Division of Aviation, and this is our podcast, Taking Off. Recovery plans are well underway here at PHL, and so we want to provide a glimpse of how we have pivoted during COVID-19. With a reduction in passenger service caused by the virus, PHL has been exploring additional sources of revenue generation, including increasing air cargo operations. Securing a larger share of East Coast air cargo activity has been a part of PHL's master plan for several years. The COVID-19 pandemic has only created a higher sense of urgency for PHL to grow cargo operations. Joining me to talk about everything cargo is Adam Mitchell, PHL Deputy Chief Revenue Officer. Thank you so much, Shelley. It's great to be here to have a conversation about cargo with you. In the real estate world, there are three things that matter, location, 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 and PHL has almost the perfect location for cargo development right now. Could you talk a little bit about why we say that our location is perfect when it comes to cargo? I think that to your point, PHL is located in the Mid-Atlantic region and market, which is served traditionally as a, a major point of import and export activity from the U.S. internationally. I think one of our key strategic advantages has been the fact that we have had a a legacy of strong international air service to Western Europe in particular, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the impact that that specifically has had on cargo movements through this region. I think that one of the challenges that we as an airport specifically have faced, um, to your point about location, 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 is that, you know, although we're located in a very advantageous part of the country, our airport is really space constrained. And, you know, many people are not aware that, you know, when we say that we have a a campus at PHL of approximately 2,500 acres, that is actually really small in comparison with other major large hub airports. We are constrained by a major waterway and also by the nation's first urban national wildlife refuge. And so we have to be very thoughtful and strategic about how we plan and accommodate for all of our operations, both on passenger service and for freighter and cargo related operations. And one of the key things that that we learned in some of our initial market research is that many of the businesses within our cargo catchment area have historically sent their product shipments, particularly for the high value export base to what I refer to as the legacy gateways to the north of us, Newark and JFK. Lately, for for many reasons, particularly, you know, I think as an offshoot or an ancillary effect of the pandemic, you know, some of the trends that we were anticipating would progress have been accelerated. And there are major capacity constraints right now at those legacy gateways that I think are impeding speed and efficiency to get product to market. So now to your earlier point, that strategic location that Philadelphia offers is really key because we are still within the same overall geographic vicinity. We have an opportunity to grow capacity and to take off some of the the constraints that the the gateways to the north of us are facing. Yeah, you're exactly right. I want to go back to the point that you made about how we are in this mid-Atlantic region that's huge. I think we estimated at more than $50 billion 
worth of annual yeah. cargo activity. Yes, correct. So maybe to back up a little bit, because you, you mentioned a really key point, which is that although we are having this conversation much more frequently within the context of how we as an organization are pivoting to stabilize and grow new revenue streams as a, a result of the effects of the, the pandemic, we at PHL have been looking at the cargo market for approximately five years and doing really deep study into the market overall, not just as an organization, but also other entities within the region have also been looking at this. And I'll kind of dovetail and maybe couch some of my comments within the, the lens of the airport strategy and then the overall regional strategy, because I believe yep. they complement each other. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really important point to make that we're not alone in this. Yep. And it's really interesting around the same time period, you know, if I, I look at 2015, there was an effort at PHL to really look at what our cargo market opportunity was. And we determined that what we refer to as our cargo catchment area, which is an area that we determined includes six states, Maryland, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, obviously, portions of Virginia and West Virginia, a radius of approximately 500 miles where a truck could transport a shipment within a day. That catchment area, you're correct, has been defined as approximately $53 billion of value in terms of logistics activity. And from our research, we were able to determine that PHL only captured approximately 9% of that $53 billion market, primarily because of a lack of capacity warehousing and other types of infrastructural capacity that would be needed to handle some of the specialized logistical shipments that are occurring. And then also, I think it's an ancillary effect of our air service development portfolio with respect to the number of destinations that we have nonstop service to, frequencies and capacity, et cetera. And I'll also speak a little bit to that. I think you're talking about a lot of things that our listeners would be really interested in and things that they probably don't think about all the time. Let's go back to the facilities piece that you talked about. So you mentioned cold storage. The rage right now, and, and one of the reasons I think that we're accelerating cargo activity, is vaccines. The COVID vaccine is just one thing. There's a whole lot of shipments that require special conditions. Can you talk about how that may have constrained us in the past and what kinds of opportunities are there? Certainly. So I think that one of the, the key things that, to your point, you know, when we think about opportunities to align what we produce in this market, if you think about the greater Philadelphia region, with what is being purchased in other markets internationally. We have to highlight our strengths in the pharmaceutical industry, in the life sciences, generally chemicals and chemical manufacturing related commodity types. Many of these product categories have specialized cold chain requirements and need to be stored under very specific temperature thresholds. And at PHL, we do have, through a partnership with American Airlines, one cargo facility that has capacity to serve cold storage-related requirements. Circling back a bit, I missed one point. In 2015, the Economy League commissioned a study or completed a study that's called the Greater Philadelphia Export Plan. And what they highlighted were a few key points that I think are important. A, the Philadelphia MSA, I think was raked in either 62 or in the low 60s of the top 100 U.S. metropolitan regions 
for export intensity. And by that, I mean the share of value that is attributable to exports for your regional overall gross metropolitan product. I believe that comparable to PHL, this region overall, our export intensity was about 9% of our total economic output. So there's a, a need to kind of increase our regional export activity with a goal to get it at least to the average amount of the top 10 U.S. metros. Couch that with the fact that approximately 75% of purchasing power globally is outside of the United States. That trend is going to increase. So when you think about PHL, like our activity is really unique because even though we have some limitations with respect to the things that were highlighted from a capacity perspective, when you think about the value of what activity is occurring here today, we actually have a sample study of the major mid-Atlantic gateways from air cargo imports. We are probably number two or number three with respect to the value of the types of commodities that are imported to the region. We are lacking with the export. So Adam, it's a trade imbalance. That's what you're describing. We're consuming more that's coming into us than we're sending out through the air cargo. And we want to try and bring that back into balance. More in alignment. And I think that our ability to contribute to that overall economic trend will have many ancillary benefits in terms of the economic growth of the region overall. And I also believe that it will add more value to businesses, quite frankly, that are able to have their products moved to market faster and in a more efficient manner by choosing PHL. So, you know, when we think about, you know, your, your earlier question about, you know, why cold storage? Why are facilities so important? And it's not just facilities, but the facilities question kind of speaks to some of the broader challenges and gaps that we're trying to address. So we need additional facilities to be able to address the capacity challenges that the industry identified as being one of the major reasons for driving decisions to ship through gateways to the north and in some cases the south of us. Cold storage because that specific type of facility is well aligned with industries that are in high concentration within our catchment area and that ship products that are high value because a part of the thing that we have to balance is today we have very limited freighter only service. And a part of the reason why is because the, the cost is greater to operate freighter only, whereby you have to pay the costs of the flight entirely by your cargo shipment. Whereas in comparison, if you have commercial service that has a complementary uh, belly cargo component, then the cost is marginal. What we've seen since the pandemic is that some really interesting impacts that I think are changing the way that the market has historically performed. For example, as you are aware, you know, we faced really painful reductions to our international nonstop service as a result of the travel ban and other market constraints that our business partners are facing. During that time for the current fiscal year and calendar year 2020, air cargo operations have actually been up approximately 2.7% year over year, despite having limited to no wide body international service. At the same time, American Airlines has begun operating its first cargo only flights since 
the mid 1980s as a Yeah, response. and don't tell me Adam where you were in the mid 80s. I mean, <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's the calculus is changing with respect to how carriers are responding to some of the operational constraints that they're facing and how they are looking at cargo the same way that airports are being challenged to as a way to mitigate against risk and a way to diversify revenue streams uh, to remain viable during the current crisis as we transition to an overall recovery of the travel industry globally. So let me connect a couple dots here because I think what you just said was really, really important. You talked about how our cargo activity during the pandemic has actually been up, even though we don't have the flights that are carrying the passengers as much. Flights are down somewhere between, what, 40 and 50% when you talk about takeoffs and landings. And when you look at the wide-body aircraft takeoffs and landings, the aircraft that are used to fly to Europe, and the belly cargo capacity in those aircraft, we lost a lot because that traffic hasn't been happening. But American and others, British, Lufthansa, coming in and actually running cargo-only flights, they found that it was actually worthwhile for them to do that during the pandemic. And when you put it all together, it's actually really surprising that we're up year over year. Especially considering everything that we've been looking at to enhance and optimize our cargo program really only began to come into fruition this year, and the program has not been fully rolled out yet with respect to the development of new facilities. So this growth essentially is within the same constraints as an organization that we had existing, but it also demonstrates the value and how the overall market has changed with respect to the aviation industry itself taking an increased focus on cargo-related activity. And I think that some of the the work that we have been doing, to be quite honest, helped the airport to be in a greater position to be responsive to the new challenges being presented by the current public health crisis in the sense that as a result of the research that we began in 2015, we then ended up with a recommendation to attract new talent, creating a position for both a director of marketing and branding that helps us to think through how we need to promote PHL as a new cargo powerhouse and also a new director of air service development and cargo services, Stephanie Weir. Her portfolio specifically looks at that complementary relationship between commercial air service and cargo related activity, allowing us to be in a position to make business cases to airlines that are responsive to the new market environment to be able to present opportunities that help us to match destinations with the potential commercial passenger value add that our market brings, which is very strong. As you know, we have a very strong originating and destination market that I think is really key. And it's also been a way that we've diversified the negative impacts that the pandemic has had on our international commercial service. And then also adding a new opportunity with respect to how cargo movements can complement the resumption of either routes that had to be cut or routes that will be brought back onto service, routes that will increase in frequencies. And all of these things are are complementary because when 
shippers or integrators look at PHO as a cargo gateway and they think about, you know, what are the destinations, right? And Shelly, you and I have had many conversations about potential, we'll say, target objectives with respect to international service and our mission yeah. to connect Philadelphia with the world. Think about it from the cargo perspective. Within that six-state catchment area that we discussed, two of the key destination points for exported products are China and Japan. I think China and Japan account for 15% of the total base for exported commodities within our cargo catchment area. Despite that, we've been working very diligently to remedy this uh, situation. We don't have nonstop freighter or commercial service to either China or Japan. And there are other destinations in East and Southeast Asia that if we looked at them in aggregate would, would account for probably 30% of the total um, export market base within our cargo catchment area. That's just one example of how all of these things are really interrelated. One of my favorite examples of something that happened during COVID was that we actually had a Portuguese carrier, am I getting this right? Yep. That was doing all cargo missions to China. Correct. I mean, crazy how this stuff came together in the middle of a crisis. Exactly. And that, that's one excellent example where carriers are making short-term business decisions uh, to be able to respond to the current environment and essentially look at immediate opportunities to maximize revenue. And to the degree that Philadelphia is positioned to be of service in that capacity, we better position ourselves to grow as a world-class cargo airport hub. I want to spend a couple minutes while we kind of bring this episode to a close talking about what I think are really significant activities and initiatives that you and your team have taken on to continue to drive cargo capacity and opportunities for the airport. So the first that I'd like to talk about, we were here a couple minutes ago too, is all of the different stakeholders in the region that are important to this business. And one of the things that you and your team have done is you formed the Philadelphia Air Cargo Council. And that's the first time we ever had anything like this in Philly. And what does that mean? What kinds of insights are you getting from that council, one? And number two, why do you think that's valuable? Well, I definitely have to say this is a truly a team effort and the team is broad and deep and kudos to our partners that have worked with us, including firms such as the Economy League and then some of the internal staff that are working on this initiative. But yes, we were very fortunate this year to organize and initiate a Philadelphia Air Cargo Council that is essentially a forum to bring together all of the companies that are currently existing within our cargo ecosystem. Let's not forget a major one would be UPS, where we currently have, with respect to their flight activity, I believe it's the second largest hub within their network in North America from a flight activity perspective. UPS, American Airlines, DHL, all of the, the FedEx, Southwest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody's been coming to the table. They were pretty excited about this. Yes. And then, you know, as you mentioned, there is a very robust ecosystem of partners that all have to collaborate and coordinate to shape the overall vision. So we would include Customs and Border Protection as a part of that. 
we would include many of our stakeholders that are focused on economic development, both at the city of Philadelphia level with the Commerce Department and also with the State Department of Community and Economic Development, many organizations and entities that really have been quite giving of their time, talent, and expertise to come together and talk through issues that are of importance to optimize the viability of what the industry looks like today with the thought towards tomorrow as well. And, and to that point, one of the really key pieces of feedback that we received, not only from some of our partner organizations that assisted us with market research, but from the council itself, incentivized us to even look at how we are using some of our current facility space in what we refer to lovingly as Cargo City to look at opportunities to re-optimize space, recalibrate space in a manner that would help us to attract new ground handling companies to again increase the degree of, of competition at the airport, hopefully to make our airport more cost competitive from that space. In addition to other recommendations as well, we're exploring opportunities to leverage technology to improve communication, transparency of data sharing, and things of that nature as well, all with input from our partners in the civic space and in the private sector. I think it's been a great effort. I sat in on a couple of the meetings and just was watching and listening. And I was surprised at how broad the discussion was everywhere, like you said, from systems, information technology systems, to roadway access, to what are you doing with the buildings you already have? You're talking about these new buildings. And hey, if we bring in cargo, are there going to be companies that can handle it and get it off the planes and into trucks and out to where it needs to be? Really kind of neat discussion and great initiative. I just also would love to highlight that this project benefits the airport, but it's not just about the airport. We think about the city of Philadelphia and some of the economic struggles that the city has faced with respect to poverty, with respect to job growth, trailing other cities of, of comparable size. I think that from a, a public policy perspective, we need to do any and everything that we can to explore all avenues that yield some potential for growth. And this is just one strategy amongst many that you know happens to have a key alignment with the airport mission. So to the degree that the airport can pursue projects that strengthen our ability to achieve our mission and also have a, a positive net benefit to the region economically, it's a really great opportunity and really so thankful for the opportunity to pursue public service in this capacity because of the impact that it could have. Well, listen, Adam, you are so good at it. And thank you for bringing that home for everybody because people will ask me and I know you like, well, why do you do this work? And it's to make a difference for the communities that we love is to be able to, to connect people and to help facilitate commerce and business because at the end of the day, we can rise together if we focus on how we can grow the economy through the airport. And I, I know you feel that deep in your heart, just like I do. Definitely. And it is a very complicated subject to unpack. But I think that just to, to raise the point that when people think about the operations of the airport, that we should consider how there is a major ripple effect that can be a net positive 
for um, the city and the region overall. And if I could just add one data point that I always mm -hmm. found really inspirational from the initial Economy League export plan, they noted that there are approximately 5,600 new jobs created for every additional billion dollars in new exports. Wow, say that again. 5,600 jobs are created per every billion dollars in new export activity. And we just talked about a market that is $53 billion approximately in value. So it sounds like a big number, but when we think about cargo and logistical movements within the current environment, it's not unattainable. It's just one other avenue as we pursue several that we believe can add to the quality of life promise that, that we should be providing for all of our residents. I agree. Thank you so much. Before we finish, I just want to ask if there's anything else you want to add, anything you want to tell the folks about yourself or why you got into this business. But, you know, it has been so fun talking to you, Adam. I always enjoy our conversations. Definitely. My perspective, you know, I just would like to take a moment to you know, thank all of the colleagues that I work with at the airport. This has been a, a challenging year and a, a challenging and demanding time. It's put a lot of strain on our organization as it has with many others. And another thing that I don't think people probably appreciate about the airport industry is that, you know, absolutely nothing can get done as an individual. Even if we see individuals kind of out in the forefront, literally there is an army of, of talent all rowing in the same direction to move the organization forward. So I'd just like to take a moment. I, I know that you share that sentiment and remind us of it as well. Just share it to the team that thank you for everything that you all are collectively doing to help us to advance our mission to connect Philadelphia with the world. And we appreciate you. Clinton have said it better myself. Adam, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on cargo and some of the planning that you're doing and your enthusiasm and excitement for the topic. It's really great stuff. And I hope that you've enjoyed this time as much as I have. Definitely, Shelly. I'm really appreciative of the opportunity to discuss cargo with you. And um, thank you for all of uh, your continued leadership over this challenging year. Of course. To learn more about the recovery steps at Philadelphia International Airport and about all of the exciting cargo opportunities happening here, please visit phl.org newsroom. I'm Shelly Cameron. Thank you for listening.